0: Welcome to the Joyful Health Show. I'm your host, Casey Schuler, mom, personal trainer, and Bible study author, and I'm here to help you discover joyful health by grace. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Joyful Health Show, and today we are highlighting diet culture. What is it? Why is it harmful? And one step that you can take to start Letting Go of the Diet Culture Scarcity Mindset. Okay, so during this whole year of the Joyful Health Show, we are focusing on Ephesians 4.12, which is reaching out and growing up, equipping the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So how are we building you up today? It is to really recognize diet culture for what it is. It is a very pervasive mindset that can go unseen unless it's talked about unless we shed a light on it for what it is and how it is harmful to us so that we can discover, oh, that's diet culture. I want to I want to step away from that. How do we do that? And this really comes from a listener who filled out the podcast survey for last season and she said, "I want to hear a little bit more about some diet culture myths." And she Um, listed a study. This is a scientific study, um, and it says, conclusion, we found no evidence that higher BMI was associated with a higher mortality risk. Rather, higher BMI was associated with lower mortality in several clinical populations. These findings suggest that the role of inflammation and fasting insulin in mediating adverse outcomes that are typically attributed to obesity should be further considered, whereas the merits of public health interventions to treat obesity and or promote weight loss should be critically re-examined. Okay, so this is really important because I am a public health major. I remember learning in school about how to, my major was um, health promotion and behavior, and so our goal was to learn about what is health, how do we promote it, um, how do we promote those healthy behaviors? But the focus was on, was mostly on obesity and mostly on preventing it and um, weight loss. But weight loss is not a behavior. <laughs> there um, are lots of ways that we can um, have those health-promoting behaviors, like um, reducing stress and moving regularly and eating adequately with variety. But... Um, there are a lot of things that are outside of our control, and this is also talks about the social determinants of health. So, what are those? Those are um, those include things like housing, food access, transportation, social and economic mobility, social service connections, and physical environment. And then there are personal health behaviors, um, which really only add up to about there's studies vary, but around 20 to 30% of a person's health can actually be attributed to our health behavior. So there's a lot outside of our control. A lot has to do with our environment and the resources that we have. Um, and you know, so diet culture, um, I, it was something that I didn't think that I was really entrenched in for a while, but because I learned this in school, um, it really informed my worldview about, okay, so, you know, weight is really the enemy here. And that's what I thought. But when I started practicing as, um, in corporate wellness and as a trainer, I realized that promoting weight loss as a focus was actually harmful for the individual. <laughs> it was disconnecting. It was defeating. It was discouraging. Um, and I saw um, worse health outcomes when I advocated for weight loss. And then personally, I tried to eliminate some food groups to try and heal um, my thyroid and found that I started associating certain foods with being bad and certain other foods as being good. And so I had some moral implications there and disconnected me from relying on God and enjoying the food that he has given me. And so I didn't know that that mindset was also related to diet culture because I wasn't actively try, actively trying to lose weight. So what is diet culture? There's a lot of definitions out there. Christy Harrison has one that I really enjoy. She has a book called Anti-Diet, which is very informative. So if you do want to read more about what is diet culture, um, Anti-Diet is a good one um, to read. It's, it does have a lot of the history um, around diets and how those came about. Um, and also health at every size has a lot of that research that says that, you know, BMI doesn't have have a whole lot to do with our health and that you can be healthy, um, apart from your body size. So, but Christy Harrison talks about diet culture as a belief system that quote, worships thinness and equates it to health and moral virtue, promotes weight loss and maintaining a low weight as a way to elevate social status, demonizes certain foods and eating styles, while elevating others. So, and her language includes the words like worship and demonizing. So if you have ever tried to lose weight, you know that it can end up consuming a lot of your mind and your brain space um, because when you're trying to lose weight, you, you think about how many calories does this food have that I'm eating and you eat multiple times a day. Um, or you get hungry multiple times a day, and when you move, you associate it with weight loss, and so you think I'm only going to do the workouts that burn the most calories or shed the most pounds, and then it, so it takes the joy out of exercising, out of eating, because it creates those things. It objectifies our food and our fitness to for an end result versus to be um, a gift from the Lord. So what are some other ways that, um, that you can know that, oh, am I, do I struggle with diet culture? Um, what is this? Well, around half of people or half of all people are actively dieting or actively trying to lose weight at any given time. And it often goes something like this. I should lose weight and follow an eating plan to be healthier. And then, oh, a diet can help me achieve this goal. And so... You start restricting food and food groups, and then restricting leads to binging in other areas, whether that's, you know, I can think of myself when I would, I still only had the good foods, bad foods list, and I would binge off of the good foods list and still feel guilty about it. So, you know, that restriction binge cycle can look different. um, And then you feel guilty and you feel like you have to constantly start over. And then studies show that after two to five years, more weight is gained than when you started to try and lose weight. So here are some other stats. Um, over 66% of people regain more weight than when they started. And then dieting itself is the number one predictor of future eating disorders. So it is does have a danger to it. Um, that can really be a slippery slope. Some other health effects of dieting are weight cycling, increased risk of heart disease, altered metabolism and blood glucose control, decreased ability to regulate appetite, hormonal dysregulation, increased stress around food for self and others. You might be able to think of a few on your own too. Like I said before, diets lead to disconnection with yourself because you are no longer paying attention to your own body cues. You are following another external plan and so you start to ignore those natural hunger cues and they start to be silenced Um, and and over time you know they you can you can get those back but when you start to ignore those or to suppress them that shows up in other ways Um, You might think that you are binging, but it's really just that you're hungry and you've been stuffing those hunger signals for for a while. So you're disconnecting from your natural body cues and your body was made to thrive, (laughs) to be alive. And it is a beautiful design that God has made. And so we don't want to really mess with it. Um, We can trust our bodies that God has made. We've, you know, humans have lived a really long time without having calorie plans. (laughs) And so, um, there is proof in that. Um, and then also having your mind consumed, um, that takes up a lot of brain space. And so when we are, I I really love the quote that, um, a friend, Amy Carlson, she's a registered dietitian. She says that, you know, a lot of times people think, well, doesn't dieting have to do with self-control? You know, if I'm watching my food, then isn't that a spiritual discipline? Well, she says that dialing has a lot more to do with self than control. (laughs) So I can think back on the times when I have been in a restrictive mindset around food and I thought a lot about myself when I went out to eat. I thought about the food that I could eat or, you know, the food that I had to bring (laughs) because I couldn't eat out, you know, with people and I couldn't focus on the people because I was thinking about how the food would affect me. So I was thinking a lot about myself. And so here's the difference between diet culture and being self-centered versus being spirit surrendered. So diet culture is mostly about dieting and willpower, about body shame and punishment. It's appearance focused. Um, you have the fear of choosing the wrong food or choosing the wrong program. And it's very rules based. Whereas being spirit surrendered, um, being a normal eater, um, which, you know, we always say that being a normal eater or intuitive eating, we wish we didn't have to have those labels. But because of diet culture, we have to talk about what does it mean to be a normal eater or to be a normal eater, to have a healthy relationship with food and with your body, um, to listen to those cues and to respond and then to not think about it after that because your body is designed to do that good work. So being spirit surrendered starts with grace, leads with compassion, honors gentleness, uh, values, attunement stays curious, follows the joy of the Lord and cultivates connection. Okay. So, you know, often being able to, if you think, okay, maybe, maybe I have had the diet culture mindset. Um, where do I go from here? Uh, A lot of times it starts with grief. starts with recognizing how much diet culture has stolen. And that, you know, John 10, 10 says the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus has come to bring life and life abundantly. So, you know, it starts with being able to understand, wow, uh, you know, what has diet culture stolen? Around 70% of women miss out on a life event due to... Their body size, of feeling like they're not in the right body to show up to an event or to the beach or whatever it might be, that they need to change their body in whatever which way, um, according to whatever uh, whatever beauty ideals are venerated in that day because it changes you know it changes almost every 20 years that fashion changes every 20 years um, that those beauty ideals change, and therefore we think we need to change our body and it requires a lot (laughs) requires the cost is too great for us to can constantly change our bodies and we're not called to conform um, to the ways of the world but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and it has nothing to do with changing the appearance of our bodies and so I think about too the times when I could have been present with others I could have like I missed out on those moments that I had, like those dinners that I had with friends that I could have been fully present because I was thinking mostly, um, you know, about food and feeling guilty and feeling stressed about that or putting that stress on my family too, that unnecessary stress. And I could have just, we could have had that time to enjoy each other. The table is one place where, you know, most people report the, the highest feelings of rest and contentment is when they are at the table. So diet culture can take that away and we, we want to be able to restore that, but first we might need to grieve that. Okay. So how can we, how can we begin, um, letting go of diet culture? What is the one way to start ditching diet culture? Um, it starts off with recognition. So when we think of the stages of change, there's pre-contemplation that's not even being aware that we're in diet culture, not even being aware um, of those thoughts of, you know, oh, this food is good or this food is bad or, oh, there's a label on this drink that says innocent or guilt-free. You know, though all of those things are reminiscent of diet culture or hearing people show up to a workout class and say, "Yeah, I'm really here because I need to lose five pounds." That is diet culture. Um, so first, it's you know, it starts with that contemplation of being able to to become aware of it um, in your thoughts, in your life, and then being able to consider um, that that preparation stage of, "Okay, how can I separate myself from this because it is worth? It's costing my." mind or my thoughts um, and my resources, it's costing too much. So I always say, you know, if I have a one-minute conversation with somebody who's really struggling with this mindset, I say, okay, here's one thing that you can do. You can start asking yourself, how do I feel? Because diet culture is so focused on how do I look and how are we changing our bodies? Um, Whether it's to be thinner or to be curvier in other places, or you know, to fit whatever BMI the doctor thinks is healthy. Um, Instead of thinking, how is this food going to make me look? Or how is this uh, movement going to change my body? First, start asking yourself, how do I feel right now? Um, What does this hunger feel like? Or what does this fullness feel like? Um, Do I want to have energy after eating? Then That will inform your food choices. Or if you, like today, I was feeling a little bit sore and a little bit weak, and I decided not to do the um, boot camp workout that I had planned on because I don't want to break my body down more. I thought, I feel a little bit weak right now. I don't want to feel more broken down <laughs> because I'm already feeling a little bit sick. And so being able to recognize how do I feel in this moment? How do I want to feel? And then choosing food or choosing movement that supports that and that will start, um, honoring those responses in your body and it'll start strengthening those cues again. And once we are consistent with being able to tune in and that creating that mind-body connection, it'll become a more regular practice. And then also being able to capture your thoughts whenever you are eating or exercising and you have a sense of pride or guilt. That is something to pay attention to and to pray over and to say, Lord, I don't, you know, if, if your grace is free and it's not something to work for, it's not something I can boast in, then, you know, how can you transform my mind in this way? Okay. So I'm going to leave you with a devotional. Um, I've been writing some devotionals that if you send up for my email list, then I will send them to you every Monday. And they are essentially, it's a mindful moment. It's a Moment to be able to come to the Lord and ditch the diet, culture, scarcity mindset in exchange for the abundance mindset of the kingdom because we are citizens of the kingdom, we are citizens of this great abundance that God has given us. So let's live like that, okay? So this comes from Second Corinthians 2, or sorry, Second Corinthians 8, verse 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich. Yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. culture puts you in scarcity mindset. culture says, you're not enough yet, but if you make a few changes, you can be great. The gospel puts you in abundance mindset. The gospel says, you had nothing, but God gave you his all, and now... You share in his everything. The gospel is quite literally the reverse of diet culture. The gospel says you cannot earn a good body because it has already been given to you. The gospel says you do not have to work your way up to attain status because God has already come down to you. The gospel says you do not empty yourself to become more valuable because the king has already made himself poor for you. Don't you see? The high culture is not only invalid and useless, it is counterproductive and prevents you from living the life Jesus has already purchased for you. Do not try and earn God's love today. Simply meditate on the love he gives through Christ and go forth praising him with your life. Okay, friends, let's do a breath prayer On the inhale, we're going to prayerfully say, I only breathe. So inhale. I only breathe. And then exhale, because you gave your last breath for me. Take another few inhales and exhales. Just notice the breath in your body. God, I thank you for the spirit that quickens us, that awakens us to true life, and so that we can see the um, schemes of the enemy that seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. God, that you have come to give life and life abundantly, and we owe you our life and more. We're so thankful we don't deserve it, and this this is grace, God, that you give us yourself. You give us these bodies that we get to dwell with you, that you dwell with us. You have done everything, um, in order to be with us. So may culture not get in the way of that. Um, for that whenever we are doing this work of being transformed, God, that you would give us patience in this work, um, that you are the one who's working in us and we would trust you in Jesus name. Amen. Okay, friends until next time, may you rest in his grace and follow the joy. If you have ever tried to detach from diet culture, but find that you don't have that many people around you who understand or support this alternative way of pursuing health outside of a focus on weight loss, I get it. With one in two people actively dieting at any given time, there aren't that many people around me, I've noticed, who are aware of the harmful effects of diets, but I found a super supportive group online, which is why we created the Joyful Health Collective to start with. If you want somebody to talk to you, to walk you through those times when you're tempted to start back on a diet on Monday, but you know that also feels like going backwards for your health, I want to invite you to join our monthly membership that we have created for you. Studies show that we are 74% more likely to stick to a new commitment when we have somebody by our side to do it with us. Some of our previous students still have partners they meet with on a regular basis today and say that that has been the most impactful part of their non-diet journey. The membership that we offer includes monthly group coaching, so you'll have a professional to guide you and a small group to support you. We will also include our daily email devotionals so you can consistently renew your mind with scripture kingdom abundance rather than the old scarcity mindset. You could sign up for our one-on-one support with us for $200 a month, but if you just need an affordable way to meet up with like-minded Christians and keep growing together to be free from diet culture, our monthly membership is for you. And what's more, you will also get a free training for how to have that non-diet conversation with others in your life, because we want to support those in-person relationships, when to redirect, when to be direct, or when to opt out. And remember, this monthly membership is risk-free. You can cancel at any time before the first of the month. Plus you get your first two weeks for free just to try it out. You can head to joyfulhealth.co/shop to join us today. I can't wait to see you in there. You've waited long enough to break free from diet culture. Let today be the day that you get started. Hey, congrats. If you're hearing this, that means you've made it to the finish line. Give yourself a high five for me. Thank you for listening all the way through. I hope and pray this episode has blessed you so that you can more fully enjoy God, glorifying Him, and blessing others. If you want to talk about this episode with more Joyful Health friends, join our free Facebook community. Head to joyfulhealth.co slash podcast and get connected with us there. Before you move on with your day, would you consider taking a moment with the Lord in prayer to process what you have heard in the podcast? Ask God what he is revealing to you about himself and what you can do in response. And for all my regular listeners, thank you in advance for writing a review and sharing this podcast with someone else who is tired of the wellness rules and is ready to rest in God's grace and the Holy Spirit's power for their health. A big giant thank you to all our podcast guests and to my husband Maddox Schuler for writing and recording our podcast music. It takes a village and we are glad that you are a part of ours.